everyone welcome back to another episode of millennium live i'm very excited today to be joined by sean hinton he's the founder and ceo of sky high sean how are you today i'm doing very well thank you and uh, thanks for having me yeah of course really happy to have you here and excited for this conversation um so just to get started for people joining us who might not be familiar with sky high can you start by introducing yourself and telling us what Skyhive Sky does? Sure. I'm Sean Hinton, as mentioned, I'm founder and CEO of Skyhive. Uh, we were a company established in Vancouver in 2017 and now have offices in Palo Alto, New York, Dublin, and Tokyo. Um, our technology helps companies and communities with the rapid reskilling of their workforces. And so we work mainly with uh, Fortune 500 Global 2000 organizations, as well as government, at uh, helping companies uh, more rapidly reskill uh, individuals, departments, uh, uh, subsidiaries of companies, et cetera. That's great. And um, how does Skyhive help companies prepare for the future? So how are companies using you guys to incorporate you know, the kind of skills of tomorrow? I heard this is something that y'all work with? How are those predicted? Yeah, so Skyhive um, has become uh, one of the best companies in the world to help answer four key questions for companies. First question is, what are the skills of my workforce today at an individual level, departmental level, and company-wide level? Number two, the second question is, what are the skills and jobs that are emerging in the external labor market or within our competitors or within our industry that are going to impact my workforce now or into the short-term future. The third question is, how, what is the gap? And the fourth question is, how do we bridge that gap as an organization with speed and pace, but also most importantly, with efficacy? And so Skyhive has um, uh, created a methodology called quantum labor analysis, which is the application of artificial intelligence to analyze a workforce at its most granular level. Uh, we do this by uh, bringing in all of the data of the world labor economy and using technology to boil it down to the most granular level of skills. And so uh, Skyhive is a World Economic Forum technology pioneer in 2021. We're also a Gartner Cool vendor in HCM, but we're also a strong public proponent of the ethical use of artificial intelligence. So we're a thought leader in uh, the development of transparent and democratized data and, and ethical AI. And we spend a lot of time working with our clients on uh, helping educate them and implement ethical AI standards in their organizations. Interesting. I'm curious too. Um, obviously, AI is a hot topic, and ethical AI is you know a big thing that I hear about when I talk with um, people in the industry. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about what that ethical AI looks like in practice. Yeah. So, a lot of technology in the past have implemented artificial intelligence that we call black box. So this is you know we feed an artificial intelligence algorithm with data and it makes its own decisions and we don't know how it makes its own decisions. And then it produces a result. And so when we see things in cybersecurity or financial uh, technology, FinTech in the past, this is the way that algorithms have functioned. 
as the world becomes more aware and understanding of, of artificial intelligence, we want to move away from the black box and what we call a white box or a glass box, which is where we can see the actual decision making and the information that was used in order to inform the decision making. Then if there's a recommendation that the AI is making that's in question, whether it's you know, a diversity and inclusion issue or whether it's uh, an, a, a training issue, that we can see how the decision was made. And if there was something wrong with that decision, that the, 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 the machine decided to make a decision with bad data or some form of bias in the data, that we're able to correct that. And so really what ethical AI practices are is about building the infrastructure in the program for how we actually manage that. So how do we evaluate algorithms? How do we look at transparency of data? How do we look at explainability of data? And helping educate IT professionals and HR professionals on what these things actually mean in the new era of sort of cognification or the use of artificial intelligence to support decision-making within companies. Very interesting. So it sounds like you're using the AI tool and then kind of making it almost better with this AI, you know, making sure everything is fair. Um, great. And so I was also wondering, kind of shifting back to, you know, SkyHive and how it works um, in the day-to-day, -day, um, can you talk about kind of the mindset shift switch that you've seen about thinking about a career in terms of skills instead of job titles? Um, and can you talk about the benefits of shifting to kind of a skills-based approach? I feel like that's another hot issue today. Yeah. So uh, recently, over the past two years, you know, the World Economic Forum has come out very explicitly saying that skills are the new currency of the world's workforce and that we will be, over time, departing away from jobs and, and into skills. And the reason why this is happening is that, you know, job titles have been the same for decades. So if we take a job title like project manager, that's been the exact same title for decades. But the actual requirements to go into the jobs are constantly changing. So the technical skills, soft skills, tools, technologies, methodologies used to do these jobs is constantly changing. So as we get, become more sophisticated in terms of our ability to um, collect data and analyze data, we now have the ability in the world to look at that data and look at jobs and workforces at a much more granular level. And so the reason why we begin to then move into skills, it has to do with labor market shortages. So we hear right now the great resignation or war for talent or labor shortages or reskilling requirements. Well, what happens when you have a pool of people and the pool is empty? In other words, employers have taken all of the data scientists uh, that are in the market right now and have applied them to jobs and they still have more demand, we start to look at other pools. So how can we take uh, a, a traditional computer software engineer and reskill them into becoming a data scientist to fill that pool back up so we can get more talent? And so the only way that you can do this right now is through understanding the skill sets of all of the people in the workforce and how those skill sets can relate to other types of jobs within the organization. So we recently did work that's well publicized with the World Economic Forum, uh, Walmart, Unilever, and Accenture, where we looked at the consumer retail industry and we said, okay, uh, frontline customer service roles are going to be impacted by automation over the next couple of years. And we're going to see a big displacement. Mm 
But within uh, organizations like Walmart and Unilever, they have massive demand for other types of jobs. And so mapping, for example, today, a person is a customer service worker. How do we reskill them to become a solar installer? Because that's an emerging job in the, uh, in, in the labor market that is uh, in big, big demand. And then how do you actually quantify that reskilling journey? How long is it going to take? What type of training will people need? Uh, what sort of investment will have to happen with the company? This is really what we spend all of our days on working with our clients is on helping uh, these types of examinations happen. Interesting. So you're trying to be a step ahead of what's needed. And can you tell me a little bit more about what differentiates Sky High from other competitors in this space? Yeah, so first of all, uh, the, as I mentioned, we developed a methodology called quantum labor analysis, which is actually using machine learning and artificial intelligence to do all of this work of collecting jobs, collecting uh, CVs, collecting training information, and then automating the process of extracting all of the technical skills, soft skills, tools, technologies, methodologies, and then organizing all of that. So SkyHive is the only technology in the world that's doing that at the entire global labor market level. And so we have just as much information in you know, the state of uh, uh, Georgia than we do in Berlin and Germany or in Tokyo and Japan. And so understanding the differences between what is a skill in Japan versus a skill in Delhi, India versus a skill in, in Berlin, Germany, um, we, have, we have automated this entire process. So it makes it very fast and very efficient to support with helping companies better understand their talent architecture, how their jobs and skills are defined today and what's happening in the actual labor economy in real time. And so uh, SkyHive has emerged as a completely unique differentiator in, in this regard. The second uh, differentiator is we represent a decoder ring for our clients. So what's going on outside in the world labor market with our competitors within our industry and what's going on inside the company with respect to the skills that the workforce has today, all of the reskilling journeys happening and how that actually relates to strategic workforce planning. And this decoder ring is constantly running in real time. So the minute something changes externally, uh, our clients know to change that internally. And they know that, okay, we need to start building skills in this particular area because we know that it's coming. And so the decoder ring and the breadth of the data that we have across the world really uh, uh, has SkyHive stand out from anything else that's been innovated before us. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. Those are very innovative approaches. Uh, great. And I know we talked a little bit, for example, you told us about, you know, Walmart and Unilever, how you're working with them to kind of predict these trends in the future. I wanted to hear if there were any other, you know, cases that you guys have worked on, any sort of use cases that you'd like to talk about that really stood out to you. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two I can think of. So one of our clients is a defense organization, a military uh, part of government, and they came to us to help support the increased recruitment of women into the uh, into the armed forces. And so um, what we did was we applied quantum labor analysis to all of their jobs within their their organization. And there were over 207 occupations with you know thousands of jobs, and we boiled that all down to the skill sets. Of, of what were required in these jobs. 
We then looked outside at the civilian labor economy and looked at the entire labor market and said, what are the skills? Maybe someone's not 100% matched to a job, but maybe they're an 80% match to a job. And so, for example, a very live use case with this particular uh, client was a yoga instructor is a high match to six jobs within the military. They wouldn't have known that, and the military wouldn't have known that. And it was only through quantum labor analysis that they were able to understand that. Another example would be uh, in the early days of COVID, uh, the Canadian government reached out to us and they asked us to help um, identify uh, professions in the labor market that had a high ability to reskill very quickly into healthcare workers to respond for COVID demand, uh, you know, to, to support uh, community level response from the healthcare system. And so we ran an analysis on the entire economy and we thought we had an anomaly because a uh, housekeeper was a, a, an occupation that was showing up as a high skill match to uh, healthcare workers. And so we thought it was actually uh, an error. But when we actually dove into the data, we could see very clearly that the majority of the housekeeper population um, have come from other parts of the world where they were registered nurses, uh, radiologists, medical technicians, and they had taken uh, different roles within the Canadian economy. But within there was a skill set that could easily be certified into uh, rapid response healthcare workers. So those are two in interesting examples of uh, the type of uh, work that we do with our clients. Wow, that is really, really interesting. That's fascinating for sure. Um, and then, you know, just as we're kind of wrapping up here, um, I wanted to ask you about you know, the biggest surprise or discovery for prospects or clients when learning more about SkyHive and its capabilities. What are they surprised by? What are they impressed by? There's two, um, there's two things that come to mind here. The first is the uh, breadth and depth of the information we have on the world labor economy. A lot of clients are very surprised and, and shocked. For example, we know in large organizations before we even meet with them exactly what the composition of their skill sets are within their organization. In other words, we often know more about their workforce at a skill level than they do. Uh, that's number one. Number two is um, our service. And so we get a lot of comments from our clients on how happy they are with our service and the team. Skyhive is a B corporation. We're a for-profit social impact organization. And uh, our team uh, is focused on providing this great technology to reskill the world. And so we have a team of really, really great people that are only interested in one thing, which is helping people uh, reskill and find uh, good future jobs on their journeys. And as a result of that, it helps companies. Um, but um, our service and, and the, the depth and quality of our data are two things that stand out from, from customer feedback. Very cool. Yeah, it's been great to kind of deep dive with you into SkyHive. I think our listeners will take a lot from this. Are there any last thoughts, any last things you want to mention about SkyHive or anything you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, the only thing I would say is we find ourselves in an interesting time where, you know, the great resignation or the, you know, the reskilling challenge or, you know, moving from a skill-based organization or job-based to skill-based organization is top of mind for most companies around the world. And the one thing I would uh, I encourage uh, listeners is to um, un 
reach out to us and understand that there is a lot of best practice that is being generated in this space. There are a lot of um, uh, interesting insights that wouldn't necessarily be uh, status quo or commonly available right now. And there's a lot that we can be doing to support uh, uh, organizations as they navigate this period of time. Great, Sean, thank you again for being here. Um, we hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Millennium Live to listen and learn on life and leadership.